Welcome to Let Go Lean In, a podcast of resources for your journey of transformation. What kind of transformation? The wholehearted kind, personal, professional, and spiritual. Each week, you'll hear different transforming practices to help you on your journey of becoming more fully you. We'll hear from others about their own journeys, learning to let go of habits and patterns that no longer serve them, and how they're practicing leaning forward to the wise woman God has designed. I'll occasionally include a book recommendation because, well, that's part of how I'm wired. I love ideas and encouraging others to learn and grow. Thanks for being here. Well, welcome, dear listeners, to another episode of Let Go, Lean In. And today I am very excited to introduce you to a new friend who I have not yet met in real life, but is a real life friend of another friend of mine and the podcast. So we're connected. Melody Box. Welcome, Melody, to the podcast. Thank you so much. I've been looking forward to this day. And me too. And I'm grateful to our friend, Kathy, who introduced us to each other um, electronically, but here we are. And I love, I love you some Kathy. I know, man. I Next time you see her, hug her neck <laughs> for <I> me. <laughs> and you, of course. Before we get into more of our conversation, I want to share your bio with the listeners so they get a little perspective, not only that you're a fun friend, but a, a little bit more about who you are and what God's been doing in and through you in the world. So here we go. And of course, I say that and then my computer <laughs> freezes up. <laughs> I get all ready and then things don't go the way they're supposed to. Technology. Yeah. Here we go, folks. Melody is a cancer survivor, author, trainer, speaker, marriage counselor, comedian, and professional napper. My favorite. Melody and Phil lived <laughs> in the Dallas-Fort Worth area of Texas, have been married for 44 years, have three kids, and five grandchildren. A popular and frequently requested trainer, speaker, and motivator, she addresses audiences from 10 to thousands and uses laughter and lessons from her life, her business and her faith to inspire every audience. Life, business, and faith. I love that. She's the author of three books. And for those of you that are going to get to see this, this is the one that I love the most. He can be trusted. Oh my goodness. Discovering God's presence in your darkest moments. It was a page turner, Melody. And Thanks. I'm so grateful to be able to read it, but also to have you here to introduce you to ben. this audience. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I'm glad to have that I mean, people have said they, they hear my voice in the book. So Yes. Yeah. We but. talked about it before we started recording that I, I just imagined being in an adjacent aspect of a hospital and hearing you say, so tell me about your story and who are you? And it was just so delightful oh. and, and deep at the same mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just, you know, like, this is what's happening. You really brought Jesus into every moment. And, and that to me is 
what a life of passion and commitment looks right. like. And, and, you know, I'll make that kind of our segue into, into mm-hmm. talking about leadership because through all these years and the many changes and things you have practiced leading yourself by following these leadership values of passion and commitment. And I would just love for you to kind of share whatever part of your story yeah. makes sense right now to, to help other people understand why passion and commitment are your top values for leadership. Okay. Well, that, thank you. That, I just thought that was a great question when you mentioned it to me uh, earlier, that this is something we might talk about because it really made me think. I am, if anybody knows the word phlegmatic, I'm a very laid back person. Don't get too ruffled, you know, excited or I don't get too down. I just am pretty steady and um, which steady is good. But unfortunately, if you are just steady and you never find something that rings your bell, somebody who's phlegmatic, that's why I said I'm a, a professional napper. We would just go to sleep. We just like, I'll sit down, I'll read, I'll just sit, I'll think, I'll, you know. So I, about when I was almost 30, I think, I found something I really loved to do. And it was a business that I was in. And um, I didn't realize how much I was going to love it. I did it to make some extra money. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I felt like, oh, this is kind of me. I, I like this. And then that that right there was just the business part of my life became more about passion and um you couldn't stop me you, i mean you, you couldn't stop me from working you couldn't stop me from thinking about it i'd work all the time and that was because i had passion plus i wanted to see results so i was very committed to those results now if we're just talking about business that's great but of course the other aspect of my life is faith and um i think to be absolutely honest the faith part of my journey came along a little bit after my passion for my business. Um, the faith part was like, okay, I'll volunteer at church. I'll, I was pastor's wife, so I knew what I needed to do. Yeah. And um, I'll say yes to this. And that. I didn't know it was impacting anybody, so I didn't have a lot of passion for it. I just did it. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw in my business that I was impacting people, because I was also inviting these people to a Bible study and we were talking about faith, even though it was business. I realized, oh my goodness, I can integrate both of these things, oh. faith and my business. Mm-hmm. And um, so if anybody's out there and they're kind of a phlegmatic person and they think I could never be a leader because I could never stand on stage or I could never mm-hmm. motivate people to work. So I'll just sit back and let other people do it. No, find what you love. If it's entertaining people in your home with hospitality or if it's gardening or if it's um writing note cards to people and, and so it's oh i got the nicest note card from you the other day and that ignites your passion you're you're leaning in to yeah. your life yeah. you're letting yourself uh, i mean my my life verse which god kind of gave me as i started this business was if you hold on to your life Basically, if you protect your life, mm. you lose it. But if you let go of your life for my sake and the sake of the gospel, you will find it. And I that's kind of a hold on to my life. 
Mm. Like, I don't know that person, so I'm going to hold on. I don't know the situation, so I'm going to sit back. I, I don't know if I can do this or that, but God skilled me to do, so I'm going to hold back. Oh, I thought I was protecting myself. Uh, I was losing my life mm. the more I held on to it. So, as you can see, I'm passionate about that part. I I am so surprised that God was able to use me to, uh, and the skills, I didn't know I had these skills. And it's kind of hard for me to admit that God mm. gave me a skill mm-hmm. in that area. Because I felt like everybody had that, or that's nothing different than anybody else. But you know what? It is different. Yeah. We all. I love yeah. this, Melody. There's something that I'm really passionate about is connecting with what you just said in recognizing you didn't have to keep your your faith separate from your business mm-hmm. because I'm passionate about helping women connect the dots of their work, their life, and their faith so they can live wholeheartedly. This is the thing. We, we think we have to have these segments And as you said, you know, self-protect, I only have so much time. I only have so much energy. I only have um, so many resources and, and those may well be true, but are we having a vision that is bigger than ourselves? Are we looking only at what we can physically see and and you said you know as as we prayed before we started that we need to get our gaze off of our circumstances and back onto god and we um have a friend a pastor friend who loves to say we need to glance at our circumstances and gaze at God. And and we do it the opposite. We're gazing at our circumstances and we're focused on that and that's all we can see. And and we protect because we don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I love what you said. You just have to be willing to mm-hmm. let go mm-hmm. and then lean in. Wait, where did those words come from? That honestly, the podcast <laughs> title came from a time of prayer and God reminding me, this is what it's oh. like to live a life of faith. You let go of your life and lean in toward the yoke that Jesus has designed uniquely for you, for me. And of course there's overlay, right? And, and things that are common, but I loved what you just said too, about the fact that we think everybody else can do the same things that we're doing. And to a certain degree, yes, but not with your voice, mm-hmm. not with your life experiences, not into the circle of influence God has given you. So mm-hmm. every one of us has a unique opportunity. Exactly. I think that's probably one of the biggest fears that, I don't know, women typically say is uh, I, they look at their stage of life, whether it's I've got, I've got to take care of the kids, or now the kids are in school, or now the kids are getting married or in college and getting married and now the kids are gone. And we can, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't lean into it, no, you're right. You can't do it. But you miss out uh, on so many opportunities that actually do fuel the passion to have you do more. And mm-hmm. you're right. Not every, I mean, as I said, not everybody can do everything. Right. One of my friends, when I was at a, I probably some women's event and we were doing you know, crafts, and uh, it was flower, floral arrangement. And I said, I cannot do floral arrangement. She said, Yes, you can. 
Anybody can do that. And she went over and she then she made this just gorgeous floral wine. She might have thought, well, I can do that. And so I went over and did it. Oh my goodness. It she looked over at me and she said, Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can do that. And I realized that is not my gift. I don't have to have the gift that somebody else has. And um, so, but you've got to find your the skill. God didn't create a vacuum. He created somebody with a particular, like Liam Neeson, with a particular set of skills that if, uh, I forgot his whole line, but he may bow, we'll find you. Um, it's from a movie. Um, God created you with a specific set of talents and skills. And it takes bravery and courage to step out and find what it is. Just like with Lisa, you do a wonderful podcast, but were you a little bit nervous about starting a podcast or absolutely and and I absolutely thought why do I need to do this what is a what is a purpose to take the time and and reach out and invite people to have conversations and do solo episodes and what what is the purpose greater than having a podcast and it's it's the kind of thing that I continually revisit. It's like, is this still what you want me to be doing, Lord? And mm-hmm. is there anybody that even cares? And mm-hmm. and honestly, I've been surprised at these random emails that have come in from people I have not yet met telling me how me. much they appreciate what I've shared. And and it's surprising and encouraging and so you know it's like the the part of scripture you know you cast your bread on the water and it comes back but you don't know what's happening to it in the meantime you just you do not put it out and, there but if you trust. It, it, i can see that it fuels you i mean you um you have a very easy way of talking to people this is our second time to just chat and I can chat with you all day long. <laughs> um, I know you don't have all day long, but I, I, I already was thinking ahead. Let me chat with her again. And so you stepped into what God already designed for you. And it's not just for you. Because if it was just for you, you wouldn't do it. No, it's I'm for, not wired that way. <laughs> no, it's, it's for impact. Um, now, I know you read Thomas Medium. So I've always known I've been funny, but I never really thought, well, oh, funny lady. I just, I say funny things. And um, so I wrote a skit. Uh, they asked me to write a skit at our business. And uh, I did it for a small group of people. And they laughed. I thought, they just know me. So they're just laughing because they like me. And um, then they asked me to do it for the national convention, which had about 7,000 people there. So uh, I'll, let them, I'll do that. And so I had my little people. I told them what to do in the skit. And we did it. And this, just before I went on the stage, I thought, oh, my goodness, what have I said I would do? I'm going to get out there, and there's going to be crickets when the when they're supposed to be laughing. And I can't believe this. My stomach was upset. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I went out there and did it. The very first line that came up that they were supposed to laugh at erupted with 7,000 people. And I was leaning in my skin. I was leaning over getting a pen. And I remember leaning over in part of the... As, acting part of it. And I thought, they're laughing. <laughs> and so we did the whole thing. 
And when we went off stage, standing ovation for the skin. I didn't know. I was already off stage. And somebody sure. said, there's off stage. You know, what? And um, from that time, I was able to step into a part of what God had planned for me. Mm-hmm. And that is to be funny. Um, to, I, I will not be funny on this podcast. So and it's sitting there. Be funny. Says, hey, be funny girl. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I doesn't actually just come out. I have to usually write something, but um, but I stepped into it when I was afraid. And mm-hmm. I look back on those days and I realized, what if I said, Oh no, 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 I can't do it. I mean, I'm not a lot. I mean, can you imagine if you somebody stood up for you? Ten people stood up for you. I would for me. Okay. Yeah. I love it when you said to me, I loved your book. And <laughs> God has a plan for all of us. And we don't step into it. We're missing it. We are totally missing it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. You know, we, we talked about the, the value of passion mm-hmm. and something, and I'm sure the Lord's just circling this word in my head is the other partner word is commitment. Right. And, and I, I know we can be passionate about something and we can be starters. And this is what I'm often guilty of. I'll get the energy and I'll get the materials and I'll gather all the information and I'll start. <laughs> the The audio didn't stop, folks. I just, <laughs> right. this is what happens. Sometimes the commitment is the harder part, at least for me. And I'm wondering for you, how, what, what keeps that commitment to what you are passionate about? How do, how do you keep yourself going? That is such a great question. And it really challenges me because I have to look at it and realize that there are days like all of us where like, I, where you think I can't do it. Like I would have backed out the day that they asked me to do that skit if I realized how bad my stomach was going to feel. And, uh, but I thought I gotta go. I already said I'm on the program. So I stepped out on the stage and everything was wonderful. Um, but the commitment to me comes when okay, I read my, I get a word from God when I read his word. Mm. Um, and I, I usually have to have a word from God. If I'm getting ready to do something really scary. Mm. Um, case in point, we were living in Texas and um, God, well, a church in Michigan I didn't even know where Michigan was on the map. I'm a Texas girl, you know, my heart. <laughs> just up there somewhere. I didn't know there was two parts of it, you know, the upper peninsula. And I didn't know I didn't know it was in the shape of a hand. I knew nothing about Michigan. Yeah. But a church called us to come and um for Phil to be a pastor there. I did not think we should go. We were having struggles in our marriage. We were seeing a counselor. It was just a difficult time. And so Phil, my husband, kept putting them off, putting them off. You know, they would call again every two or three months. Mm-hmm. And they called again, and um, I talked to my dad, who was a minister. We both did, and I said, "What do you think? They keep wanting us to come up and just put the situation." And Dad said, "You two need a break. Why don't you just go up there, look at the situation, blah blah blah." So we did. We didn't think it was for us. We got on the plane to fly home, and all of a sudden, I feel I see Phil looking out the window, and we're the plane. At that point, at the airport, was flying over neighborhood after neighborhood after neighborhood just as we were going up. And uh, no churches. And I thought, he said, oh, my goodness. Look, he said, look at all those houses, and there's not one church out there. 
And I thought to myself, oh no, Phil thinks we're supposed to move to Michigan. And I know we're not. And so we did to pray and seek God's face in it. So we got home and he would pray and I would pray. We were separately reading our Bibles and just trying to get a word from God. Uh, I happened to be reading, I think it was in Numbers. Not a great place to buy the word God, from God, but I was in Numbers. And I, oh no, it was Chronicles. Sorry, it was Chronicles. And I remember thinking, I'm not going to get the word from God in Chronicles. But I stayed, that's where my Bible study was. So I stayed right in Chronicles, reading the day of the three. And a verse came up, and I need to really find it again, but a verse came up that uh, Moses is, uh, it took with Joshua, but anyway, one of the leaders um, was praying, God, are we going to win this battle? And how do we go out and do it? And God said, I want you to stand still and watch what I'm going to do. And it jumped off the page. Here I was looking for an answer from God. And he told me he, needed me, he wanted me to stand still. Don't say anything and be quiet. Watch what I'm going to do. Yeah. I interpreted that to me. He's going to tell Phil we're not supposed to move to Michigan. I don't know. <laughs> so I just sat back and I was like, I'm just going to stand still. I'm going to watch and see what he's going to do. So then the next day I talked to Phil about it. Because every day we would say, what's God said to you? What's God said to you? So finally he said, well, I just really believe God is telling us to move to Michigan. And I thought, oh, that's what God meant. He said, don't argue when when I tell Phil what we're supposed to do. And I felt peace, even though I was a little scared, but I felt peace in it. So it was the greatest move we ever could have had. We loved it. We've been back since. Um, lived there for two or three years after we moved back to Texas and went back up for about three years. It will always be the place I love, and I know God's been us there, but it took, it was difficult when we moved. It was a difficult pastor. But those words that Phil got in his scripture and I got in my scripture was, I'm calling you there. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to worry about what's happening. You don't have to think, did we make the wrong decision? Because no, you remember the word of God that I gave. So I, the commitment starts with, I read my Bible every day, you know, pretty much read my Bible every day. Yeah. I'm actually in a Bible study group that keeps me accountable. Yeah. And I ask these three questions or make these three statements. First one is, what do I want to say to God? And write, write this in my journal. So if I'm thinking, you know, should, if I, should I move to Michigan? Let's really go back to that. Or uh, how do I resolve this issue with my sister? Or how can I help my kids do it? So whatever it is, what do I want to say to God? If I don't have anything to say, say sometimes I say, tell me why you like me. Do you like me? You know, because I want to know if God likes me. So I write that. Then I read whatever I'm supposed to read. And then the second statement is, what does God say to me? Mm -hmm. You write down what you're thinking about anyway. How does the scripture to come along where you realize God's sitting there and he's saying, oh, so that's what you want to know? I'm going to tell you to stand still, don't say anything, and watch what I'm going to do. Or whatever else is this. Mm -hmm. And so I write that scripture down. And then my third question is, what do I say back to God? which means I'm going to do what you ask me to do. I'm going to pay attention to when I need to stand still and be quiet and not say anything, or I'm going to do what you've called me to do, even though I'm afraid of it. Mm -hmm. So those three statements keep me committed because God asked me to do it. I didn't think of it. Mm -hmm. I think of it. I got to get a word from God that it wasn't just me thinking of it. And does that make sense? It absolutely does. And and the thing that, that is stirring for me is that this is a pattern 
but it's not a formula. No. And, and and this is this is a thing I think that that young women get tripped up in because we apply our human expectation to a given result. And and God is not a transactional God. You don't put a well, now it's a dollar fifty. I was gonna say a quarter, dating myself clearly anyway. <laughs> or the the old saying, you know, we got a dime, call someone who cares. We don't even have pay phones anymore. So things change. But no. my point is we don't interact with God. In this, I'm doing my thing now. Here's, you know, answer my prayer this way, or you're gonna, you know, because I'm being faithful, this is gonna be the outcome. That is not honoring, first of all, to let's, you know, step back a bit to the creator of the universe. Exactly. We, there is this mystery of how he comes close and is so personal, mm -hmm. but how he is holy, holy. and I mean, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy other, mm -hmm. and holy H-O-L-Y, and Good. that tension, we, we, we need to remember the pattern mm -hmm. is one that mm -hmm. we can be committed to, but the fulfillment is up to God, right? Our right. work does not result and 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 yet we have a part to play yeah. and when you're faithful to the part that you have to play god gives you eyes to see how he's working and exactly. and so that that tension i think is the thing that is is the hardest to yeah. for for young people early in their walk right it was for me it was for me same same and, yeah i i always wanted to know when people say, well, God told me this. I'm like, how? How did that even happen? Yeah. And it took me a long time to, right. for me to really, I read my Bible because I could check it off. Now, this will date, date me because I could check it off the envelope that we had to turn in our tithe into the church. And did you, oh, yeah. did you uh, pray every day? I don't know. You might not have had that. We had that at our church. Yeah. And uh, I did, there were days I would read my Bible and I was like, okay, I read that story. Done. Off I go. Mm -hmm. And I know that that the biggest question most Christians and I know women have is, I want to know that I'm doing what God told me to do. I want to hear his voice. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to read the scripture and not walk away thinking, well, I didn't get anything out of that. I want to read the scripture and know, and it's not reading, you know, three hours a day, sitting down, reading a portion of scripture. Uh, I get mine from the U version Bible app, and, it's, mm -hmm. um, and they have so many devotions you can choose. Oh, yeah. Devotions for women in leadership, devotions for young moms, devotions for yeah. women who are grieving. And you just read that little scripture every day, and it is, it's like God knew you were going to read that. It's, it's just amazing. You're such a mystery. It's a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is. And, and you know, some of the things that that you wrote about and as we've talked there's there's this reflection on things that god has done and and looking back and you learn from them and and i loved even how quickly you reflected on how god had given you the word from chronicles to stand still and be quiet and you could 
reflect back, ah, that's what God meant. But when you think about passion and commitment and leading yourself and and just the the power of reflecting on what God continues to do and and how he's leading you even now, is there is there anything that really um that you have learned, and we kind of talked about it a little bit, you know, to to help others recognize, keep at it, I guess, stay in your commitment. Is there anything that stands out for you? Hmm. Ask me that question again. Because mm. I, I sometimes ramble in my questions. When you reflect on your journey mm-hmm. and knowing where you are now and all that you've come through is there a standout of in reflection what you have learned that could help other people i would say okay so i'm 65 years old i'm at the empty nester got grandchildren love them oh my goodness it's just the most wonderful life my mother was happy with grandchildren i thought really and uh and then i know but looking back, I wish that I had been able to lean on God's word and know that he was talking to me and know that when I obeyed him, um, that it would impact others, that my life meant something mm-hmm. back when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I was a disciple of Jesus when I was really young. I just learned about Jesus and mm-hmm. learned about how to tell people about the gospel. and But I didn't think my actions had any impact mm. and obviously what I'm trying to say is I didn't think God would use me right but I look back on my life and I think of times where one Saturday uh, I didn't want to go I was a youth, a youth and um it was we were going to go out with age lies I didn't want to go that Saturday and uh, I asked mom said do I have to go and she knew that I was in band so I was up every morning practicing and then I had the games on Friday nights and and she was tired. But she said, now, Melody, you can say if you want to, but usually when you don't want to go do something, that means really, you might come home and realize that's exactly where you need to be. And I thought, okay, thank you for guilting me into going. But I decided <laughs> to go. And I learned a very important lesson. She was right. I didn't, I was able to witness to somebody who actually prayed and received Christ. And I I knew that's where God wanted me to be that day. Mm-hmm. Not to be that person wasn't going to say that because he could have made a rock, you know. Sure. Leave that person's Christ. But God used me in that moment. So, but I came home and I didn't think to myself, that's God using me. No, it took me a while to see, to look back. So if I was going to ever do anything different, I would be, actually, I don't think you can do this, but I would just be more engaged at the very beginning and not mm-hmm. waste time being afraid holding back letting myself be shy and thinking it was okay to be shy Mm. i would lean in more i would lean into the humor part of my life more um because i think that puts people at ease i think it puts them at a place where they can listen to you because when i do humor on stage it's not just a stand-up comedian i take a character and i have that character tell a life lesson Mm. and um Afterwards, people will say to me, that was so funny. I love it when she comes out there. And then when she said, scared of me, when she said, blah, blah, blah. And then they repeat the things that are the lasting things, not the, not the yeah. joke. 
I wish I'd leaned into that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So I would say to the younger girls, first of all, I would also say to those that are my age, not too late. Right. Not too late. I know you say that all the time. Yeah. And um, we're still here. <laughs> we're, and I'm not, this is why another reason why I'm so passionate. I've seen cancer. I realized I could die. I thought I was going to die. I was trying to say goodbye to my. Mm. I only had one girl at the time, and I thought she'll never know me except they need this book, this little um, flip book of the, my pictures, and she'll be able to say, That was your grandma. That was my grandma. You know, that's all I now she knows. Me. I'm, I lived. I've got five grandchildren. But I also know I'm not 30 anymore. I only have a certain amount of time left. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much time that is, but I don't want to waste it. So for the older ones, don't waste it. Do something. And then for the younger ones, be engaged and, and realize God's using you. You may not know it, but God's using you. And don't lean on your own understanding. I know that's the scripture, but don't lean on your own, you know, those those ladies that are very gregarious and outgoing and the term I think is sanguine. Mm -hmm. They can talk to anybody. They're they're not afraid of anything. That's what really attracted me to my, me to my husband. That's the way he is. We're just total opposites in that, which usually works out anyway. <laughs> and, but I would say, yeah, but I would say don't lean on your own understanding because you're gonna miss the part where you have to depend on God. That's right. So maybe it's, if you're really outgoing, maybe there's times you need to lean on God to be quiet and be a listener. Mm -hmm. Tell her. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. The, the struggles that, that each of us face about how we're wired is often the place where God wants to move us, right? Mm -hmm. I'm an extrovert. And in the years that I have been sidelined, for a variety of reasons, God has given me the gift of silence and solitude and uh -huh. learned how to practice what that means to be quiet in his presence and not be so busy doing, doing, doing and out and all these things. It was not easy to enter into that season. And yet God has used it and deepened me in ways that I wouldn't have sat still for if my life circumstances hadn't changed. And I can see that now. But Lincoln, the... I hope who, whoever's listening to this is able, I don't know if you can rewind stuff, but I hope when it's time for it to be listening, they go back and listen to what you just said. Because I feel the same way only on the opposite sense. You know, God mm -hmm. called me to be more outgoing. Mm -hmm. That was difficult for me. Yeah. God called you to be a little right. more introspective. And I love that. My favorite thing is to be quiet and introspective. <laughs> um, he didn't call me to do that. I'm not a monk. You know, he called yeah. me to be outgoing. Or he had a, a way for me to use my personality the same way God used that time in your life mm -hmm. to be quiet before him. And and these are, these are things, it, it's not my nature to do that. Yeah. And, no. and yet, and that's, that's the thing. I think that, that we are both aligned in this, pay attention to that because that may be the very direction exactly. that God wants to move you. I, I keep thinking about this, this image of um, the dock and a boat 
and you cannot go anywhere with one foot in a boat and one foot on the dock. You've got to figure out, are you staying on the dock or are you getting in the boat and, and take that action? And it, you know, I'm going to say God will use you even if you don't get in the boat. Yeah. Because every child is important to him. Every Great. one of us. However, you're going to miss out on the adventure of what it means to trust God in a big way if you don't get out of your comfort zone. So there's all that. We we could we could preach to each other. We and, could. Uh, you know, <laughs> and yet there there is a limit to the time that we need to be together at least recorded here and melody it is so delightful to not only hear pieces of your story but how you have been willing to trust god in ways that didn't make sense to you mm -hmm. and to allow him to use you and work through you and you continue to and so my dear listeners, I hope you've been encouraged in, in our conversation, but I'm also going to put in the show notes, all the ways that you can follow the real melody box <laughs> on uh, Instagram and other places, you know, Facebook and all the, all the ways that you can get connected with her. And if you're in Texas and you need a speaker, this woman would well, be a you. fun person to have come to your church, your women's group, whatever. So Melody, thanks oh, again you. for giving your time here today. I wish I could just reach through and hug you. And I know we would hug if we were in person. Yes. Hug. Yes. And thank you for uh, trusting our friend Kathy to invite me to do this because this is really fun. And, um, and I love talking with you. So thanks. Thanks so much. We'll do it again. And hopefully, oh, hopefully in person, because, you yeah. know, I, I have many reasons and now you're an additional one to come back yeah. to visit in Texas. So good. Love it. <laughs> Thanks again. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let Go Lean In podcast. I so appreciate you taking the time to listen and engage with the thoughts that come out of my head and into this microphone, as well as listening to conversations that I'm privileged to have with other amazing people who are doing great work in the world. I would really appreciate you sharing this episode or other episodes of Let Go Lean In podcast with people who you think would benefit from the information that is being shared here. Also, it's always a great help to others by liking and subscribing to the podcast so that the SEO goes up and Apple Podcasts and where you listen to podcasts will show the podcast as interesting and available. So please help us out to get the word out by liking and subscribing and coming back next week. Thanks for being here.